ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships Rule Show. My name is Janice Porter. I am your host, and my special guest this week is Mia Moran, coming to us from just outside Boston, Massachusetts. And welcome to the show, first of all, Mia. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, it's my pleasure. I want to just tell my audience a little bit that um, this is funny because today uh, this speaks really clearly and loudly to me as I'm um, trying to support my daughter going through some challenges with her three-year-old and balancing and stress and all of that good stuff. And you're the person, it sounds like, to help with that kind of balance. So it's been it's been on my mind. Um, Mia is a mom of three herself and a coach who has struck her perfect balance between motherhood, wellness, and work. She supports high-achieving female entrepreneurs who are overwhelmed with the life and wellness pieces, find their version of balance. She is the host of her own podcast, Plan Simple, and a best-selling author of Plan Simple Meals and creator of the Flow, F-L-O-W, planning method, the Flow Planner, and Flow 365. A lot that has um, happened and goes on in your world to help other um, other women um, manage and, and uh, function on a high level. Um, I know it wasn't always like this for you. So tell me how it started. How did you come to this? Um, is it Zen? I don't know, but to, <laughs> that flow way of doing things. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, everyone wishes, by the way, that they had a mother like you when they have kids who's like so attentive to oh. like that their their daughter and their grandchild. So yes, that's amazing. Well, the one Not who everybody has, has one. That. No, but the one who has one doesn't want to know. Okay. <laughs> like she <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's always yeah. the, anyway, go on, please. Yeah. All right. So I um, first of all, I'm a designer by trade. Actually, I'm a graphic designer by trade before I was oh. a coach. And I've always been an entrepreneur. So I probably, I guess it was like I, I'm always like, how long ago was that? It was 12 yeah. or 13 years ago now, because my my youngest is almost 14. So I currently have three teenagers. Oh, but at the time, 12, 12 and a half years ago, I had three kids under the age of five. Um, and I owned this graphic design firm. And I had cut and it, we had scaled it pretty big. So I had kind of checked off all the boxes, like all the things I thought I was supposed to have according to like Martha Stewart or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. I had married my, my, my high school sweetheart who I'm still happily married to. Wonderful. And we had bought an apartment and, you know, I had, had these three kids, which was my dream. And I had grown this company, which was bigger than I had dreamt of. And I just found myself one day you know, trying to wrap up work and get home. Like I had figured out a, a flexible schedule. I just, I just felt like everything was exactly as I had thought it should be in, I don't like, you know, in the magazine way yet I was feeling pretty exhausted and quite frankly, miserable. And what I remember most about that time was just feeling really guilty for feeling so miserable um, because I had, you know, 
gotten it all the things that I had wanted. So I was like, how on earth could I have even think about feeling miserable? And so it was this day of lots of coffee cups were part of the story. Like I looked across the desk at all these coffee cups and I was just like, how am I, how could I be this tired after consuming this much coffee basically? And that caused me to really look at like, well, what is going on? And the most tangible thing for me at that point was my health. So I decided to take on my health, even though I was running a company and had three little kids. So I did that. And at the time, you know, for entrepreneurs listening, there was no WordPress. There was no Instagram, like none of this existed. There was no pretty pictures of healthy food. So I I turned around my health really quickly. I shed close to 65 pounds very quickly. Um, I got off medication that I'd always been on, like allergy medicine, like, so all these things shifted. And so as an entrepreneur and a designer, I was like, I need to like do something with this, right? Like I didn't have enough on my plate. So that turned into a magazine and then a book that became a bestseller. And, um, so the, the book though, you know, happened over the course of a couple of years and, um, was not something I ever thought that I would be able to do because I'm dyslexic. And I had always thought of myself on the visual side of things. Like I could put together anyone's website and and visual systems, but like the idea of writing a book wasn't in my wheelhouse. I hired writers. Um, And then I, I decided once it became a bestseller that I would take my kids out of school for a year and um, bring them on the road. So by that point they were all in grade school. So we, we had started when they were babies. Now they were all in grade school. And I decided that like, I needed to be in California and, and oh. Colorado. And, and I couldn't like, I, I just didn't feel an integrity talking about how to feed your kids well and have them back in Boston while I was, you know, in California. So yeah. I took them out of school and we went on the road and we went on this book tour. And I just remember being in California and being like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? These women all know how to get kale. Like I didn't know that by the way, at the time that I started all this, I'm like, these women all know what to do, but what is going on? Like, why aren't they doing it? And that's when I realized that I, our big conundrum is time. And that there was just so many things that we had taken on in a short amount of time, basically as women, right? Because for generations, we were part of groups of people who would help us and support us. And then all of a sudden we started moving far away sometimes from our family of origin. And, you know, I happened to be connected to a lot of entrepreneurs. So we were, people were starting off as solopreneurs. So they were, they were running families by themselves. They were running businesses by themselves. They were doing all these things all by themselves. And it was, it was impossible making. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And that, and based on like sort of my experience of changing my food and writing this book and doing what people had told me was impossible. I was like, okay, so if I broke down what I did to do that, to figure out really how to look at time in a different way. So that is the, you know, short, long version of the story. (laughs) Well, um, I have to go back to losing weight quickly because most people that's for most people, that's not a healthy thing to do. Number one. So yeah. um, did you figure it out yourself or did you get help? Did you have a certain program you were yeah. on? I just have- yeah. So, so I, so I say that lightly. So, because did it happen like quickly? Like, did I lose 65 okay. pounds in a month? No. Okay. But the thing is, is that, so I did get off medicines in a week. Like I, all that really changed. I felt like I, had so much energy in the first week. I felt so amazing. I felt, I felt almost like it was, it was, 
you know, 10 years of therapy in a week. Cause I, I changed enough about what I, yeah, just from changing my diet. Like I just felt so much happier and lighter. And so sometimes uh, these days I'm like, I don't really want to share like all the things just because I think everyone's very different. But two of the major things I did was I took out gluten and dairy. Mm. Um, but really what I did was I chose, like I made a decision that the next thing I was going to focus on was to become healthy. And it made no sense. Everyone listening, like it made no sense. I did not know how to cook. I was scared of the produce aisle. I had three kids. I was running this company. Like none, the fact that I could take on getting healthy, like made no sense, but I just, I made this choice. And then I remember that the next thing that presented itself to me was someone was like a yoga studio just opened up down the street. We should go to a class. So I went to a class and I just remember thinking the yoga teacher seemed really cool. And like, I just had this thought in the middle of class. I bet she could help me. So I'm a huge introvert, like talk about connecting to people, but like, I'm a huge introvert. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go introduce myself to her. And I just had this feeling that I was supposed to. And I, I like probably like, because I'm an introvert, sometimes when I do something that feels hard, I just like blabber out all the things (laughs) Um, it's taken practice not to do that. So I think I probably told her everything. Like, you know, I just want to get healthy and blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, she invited me to her house the next day. She, she needed a website. So she was excited to talk to me. (laughs) Right. So I ended up designing their website and she explained how at the time she was eating vegan and gluten-free and she explained how to do that. And the coolest part was that she isn't herself a cook. She had, she was an entrepreneur. So she had just opened a restaurant basically so she could eat. But so what she could give me was like right at my level. So she basically handed me five recipes and I kid all the time when people tell me they need more variety, because basically my secret was, is that I ate the same five things for six months. Because that was like my capacity, right? Like that was my capacity for change. So I made this choice and then, you know, I followed like the next logical step and, you know, ended up with these five recipes. Now, five months down the road, I was quite sick of those five recipes, but I had transformed my health enough that. I was like sold on the fact that I wanted to be gluten-free and dairy-free. So at that point I Googled, you know, cooking classes of this. And I ended up two days later at this house of this woman who's become a dear friend. I feel like I would have met her anyway, because she's connected to people I know, but I literally found her on Google and I ended up at her last cooking class ever. So it was just like one of those things where it's like, you just keep deciding and you end up connected to like the right people, the right places, the right solutions for you in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, So time is always, always the thing that we're juggling always. And, but I, I notice a lot of younger people today who are in those situations that you were in with the young kids and the doing your own thing, or even having a job and a husband and, you know, um, uh, um, having to be the, the homemaker, even yes. though it's not the same, it doesn't have the same meaning anymore as it did in the fifties for sure. But, um, although we end up doing some of the same things that people did in the fifties for sure. True, true. But what, I was getting, <laughs> what I'm getting at here is like, uh, you said you didn't know anything about, you know, you were nervous about cooking and food and whatever. There's mm-hmm. so many women today that don't have that. I I hear more and more that the husband is the cook of the house or whatever. Yes. Do you find that that is, is common with your clients? 
So yes and no. So weirdly, that was my story. So I married someone who was an amazing cook. Like he grew up um, with a mom who loved to cook and he lost his dad at an early age when he was 13. So he needed to come, you know, so he needed to take on some responsibility that, you know, normally a teenager doesn't always have to take on at that age. And so he became a really good cook because he had, he had some modeling and then he had to do it. And so when we got married and we're dating and whatnot, like he cooked, but one of the places where that sort of fell apart for both of us is that, you know, things like cooking and parenting, you know, I think they're all things that we just assume that when we come to needing to do them, like we'll know how, which is yes. so ridiculous because yeah. like, we don't know how to parent, like maybe it's a natural instinct, how to birth a baby, but not even that. Right. Like, I mean, oh, it's there's just no not come with it, you know, like, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So, so we found ourselves in this situation where it had always been like, I came home to a meal by him. If I was in charge of meals, it was probably because I had gotten takeout, but with three little kids, he was actually working at the time too. And so I had skewed the schedule to come home early and, and be the one to feed the kids and, you know, and then I would wait for him to cook me dinner. So we were sort of separating. And so by the time when I figured out like what an impact food had on me, like I couldn't keep that from my kids. I'm like, I'm not going to all keep making my kids macaroni and right. cheese. When I realized like that, when I took out these two things, sure. I changed forever. And so we sort of hit this predicament of, yes, he knows how to cook, but actually he's never going to be home at the right time right. to make food for the kids. And I think that that's where it's like, it's, there really is this overlap between food and parenting and, mm-hmm. and building businesses like mm-hmm. that all these are like silos where we have a lot of learning we need to do to really be our best in any of those three places. And then we have to figure out how they work together, which is what right. I became fascinated with. Right. And so tell me, so let's shift to that. Let's talk about flow. Tell me about yeah. flow. Tell me about the, the, like the three biggest problems that people come to you with and how you are able to help them. Yeah. So, so pretty much it's like one of the areas is out of whack. Right. So it's like an entrepreneur who is also a mother who is like determined that she can take care of herself. A lot of times to take care of yourself is like totally whacked out. So somehow motherhood and work is happening, but like nothing's happening like higher than base level. Right. Cause it's like in order to keep all the things going, it's like, we're doing our best in each each part, but we're, we're not really ever getting to, yeah, yeah, we're pedaling as fast as we can. And maybe we're not taking our company to the stage we want our business to the stage we want, or we're not, you know, maybe we have a kid who needs some attention in some way. And we're not able to like rise to that without feeling like the work piece has to somehow be lessened, yeah. much less take care of ourselves. And I started to realize when I like on that book tour, I started making people take out their phones yeah. so I could see like what was going on, especially when they're like, I literally can't make dinner and sit down for it. And a lot of that is due to the fact that we are advertised ridiculous things, like even in the supermarket, like checkout line, like even if you microwave a dinner, it doesn't, it just doesn't take five minutes, right? Like it takes longer to, so, so that whole idea of five minute meals just makes no sense to me. But what we would see is that like a work day was ending, then a kid needed to get somewhere, then a kid needed to be picked up and everything was stacked and, and sometimes even a little overlapping. Mm -hmm. And 
there was just never room for like recovery or transition, much less cooking dinner and sitting down to eat it. Like it just, it wasn't possible and it wasn't being thought about in time. Mm -hmm. So yes, very often people had aspirations and they had thoughts that they would go to the farmer's market, but like they were at work while the farmer's market was going on, or, um, you know, they got called to a meeting the night they wanted to be home for dinner. So it's like, it's like we, we created these silos and they Mm -hmm. just don't talk to each other. And sometimes they overlap and, and it just, it's just the way that I think everything evolved. Like I know at the, like at the time on my refrigerator was like the kids school schedules and, you know, when they might have soccer or whatever, I I kept things pretty simple in my house, but that did happen from time to time. And then you know, then maybe I'd write a list of meals on a piece of paper and then I'd have my Google calendar filled with work stuff. And they just, you know, were making each thing impossible. And so really thinking about them more holistically Mm -hmm. and really understanding how they affect each other. Like I have to say, when I cleaned up my food, I was able to focus and get things done at a level I had never been able to focus before, mm-hmm. you know, like I was productive at a level that I couldn't even have imagined. Um, there was a time when I added first added meditation into my day and I thought like there was no more space, but just, mm-hmm. you know, so I would spend 15 minutes doing that, but then I would find that ideas would come to me faster. So it was before where I was sitting for two hours, like twiddling my thumb, all of a sudden I was able to write an email in an hour. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, we're, we're always in planning and productivity, you know, I think pushing the thing that we're trying to, to move the needle on. But a lot of times it's those supporting areas that actually can move the needle more. And so I found the more I was thinking about everything holistically, the more I could see those, those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And they are totally. So there's relationship with self relationship with family and relationship with others that has to be um, melded in some way. And everyone has to buy in though. Right. So that's kind of. Uh, an interesting piece as well but because I know for me especially as a woman I always and and Jewish to boot so the guilt is (laughs) yeah so Jewish guilt is big so I'm it could be Italian guilt it could whatever but you know what I mean saying um so um what would you say then the the two or three top things that you're able to to shift for people when you work with them to uh, make their days easier to make them, you know, as you say on your website, fill you up, not drain you. Yeah. So one allowing, so, so that relationship with self, I think is one that we let go of pretty quickly in this day and age. Um, and that feels really, I, I don't know, like almost like that feels like a good thing that we're doing. But actually I find that when we make time, like when, when we claim that back, we're actually able to give so much yeah, more. I totally agree. Yeah. So, so I think that's something like really getting back that, that relationship with self. And, and I think the other thing is, is that that has been, um, it, it's very easy for that to be guided by what we're seeing in on Instagram or in magazines. And I think just each each person is so different. So like, it it doesn't have to take a lot of time to really be in good relationship with self, which I will say that. So that, that piece, Mm -hmm. um, and really understanding 
the relationship that food and, and wellness in general movement has on productivity. Um, that's something that, that is, I'm really passionate about because I, you know, I'm so ready. I feel like as entrepreneurs, uh, really it started off as a mother, actually, I think before an entrepreneur, but when I became a mother, I was like, I don't think I should have a babysitter five days a week. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like I should be able to get this week, this work week done in four days. And I think at first I thought that maybe I was going to get less done, but I very quickly saw that if I really focused on four days instead of five days, I, I got the same amount done, if not more. So really like figuring out, um, how, uh, how, how to get more, more, make time worth more to you, I guess. Um, because I think so much of time we just, we just take like a work, a work week supposed to be 40 hours. A school day is supposed to be from eight to three. Like all of those things I just don't think are the most productive way for us to work. So really questioning those. It's funny. Um, ways there's a, there's an issue going on here and with my family and I'm trying to figure out a way to help. And I wanted to write a message, an email to somebody that is involved. And uh, I didn't know if I should. I wasn't sure if I should get involved to that extent. But I went to bed last night and I couldn't go to sleep. And this email was being um, created in my mind. And I knew that if I waited till today, it would be gone. So I had to get up and write it, not send it, but write it at that point because it was there. And yeah, it, right. And otherwise, I wouldn't have slept. And I would have forgotten all of the, the points I wanted to make. So I read it to my sister this morning and she said it sounded pretty good. So I guess that was, that's the way to go is to do it when it, when it strikes. Right. But um, uh, you have to, you have to do what works for you, but if you don't know what the options are to help you sort of better those, those things, whether it's your relationship with self or your work or your family or whatever, yeah. you don't know if you don't know what your choices are. Right. So right. Right. sometimes you do have to lean on other people and, and have somebody come from the outside to look yes. at yeah minor shifts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. People, I feel like people, system, well, people systems and self, I think are all really useful for that. And so like when I say self, a lot of times, I don't think we give ourselves the space Space, the time and space to actually hear ourselves in this current world, or at least I was not. So I was so busy that I don't even know if I would have heard that letter in the middle of the night at one point in my life. Right. So for me, like coming into relationship with myself had a lot to do with, with pausing and creating quiet. And, and mm. quite frankly, it was uncomfortable right? Like, cause sometimes I would hear things that I didn't really want to hear, you know? And <laughs> yeah, so I think sure. that, you know, staying busy can sometimes be easier than hearing like, oh, this is your next thing. This is what you, you know, hearing like, you need to go to this yoga class and then, and then hearing like, yeah, like changing the way you eat is going to be good. That was no small feat, but it was definitely like an intuitive hit that like, yeah, this is obviously. what I need to do next. Yeah. So so, so quieting down to yourself, I think is really important. And then, you know, the reason I'm obsessed with planning is because I think the structure of planning, especially when done in a way that really resonates with, with 
the feminine for, for women. But, but I would say for everybody, that's true because the planning practice in itself, it has become very masculine. And I don't think, you know, men or women, I think everybody can do with some balance, the planning process. And then again, and then having those, you know, people that sort of hold you accountable to that. So I feel like all three of those things are ways to help us. So the flow planning method yep. is how does that look? What is that yeah. over time working with people or, okay. Yeah. So the flow planning method is, is the, like, is the, is the planning piece. So the, we have a program where we, we have the, the account of like the piece where you get coached. And sometimes it's really helpful to be like, you know, should I send the letter? Should I not send the letter? Yeah. If you don't have a sister who you can trust, yeah, you know, yeah. it's helpful to have somebody who you can trust to go back and forth without you spend your time. Right. Um, but the method in itself, I, I, what I found when I started, um, when I went back and sort of unpacked how I changed my diet so quickly, how I wrote this book when I wasn't supposed to be able to do that, I sort of started to see the commonalities. And one of them was that I, I would go really far out. So I, I could really paint a picture of what I wanted, like not next year, but like five years from now, like That's the next month, next year, right? The vision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, and so, but going out it, like, especially when you have kids, mm-hmm. um, or you're trying to do something big, like in a business, it just takes the edge off. Like, of course you can do that in five years, you know, like your kids out of a diaper, like, you know, whatever. So it just took the edge off. So I would go out five years in five years. I could see myself as a healthy, vibrant human mm-hmm. at that time it, with the cups of coffee, like, if I was looking out next week, I would be like, Who are, what are you thinking? Of course you can't do this so quickly. But when I went out, I could see yeah. that like what I wanted was oh. to be a healthy, vibrant, you know, human being. Right. So, so that piece, and then bringing that into the season that you're in. So, you know, when you're have a toddler, it's very different than when you have a teenager, which is very different than when your kid leaves the house, when you're starting a business and are yourself versus when you grow a business to a certain income, like all the different things, they're all different seasons. And then there's like the literal seasons of like fall feels different than summer. Right. So it's like, so really being honest about what season you're in. And so, so taking from that vision, the piece that makes most sense right now. So like in the entrepreneur way, like with the book, like I had to grow an audience and I also had to write a book. So for me, like, it's easier for me to relate to people, to talk to people, to, you know, want to do all that in the summer, especially before COVID when we were in person, like, you know, I could network and do all those things in the summer. It was a little harder to concentrate on writing a book. So I ended up doing that in the winter. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, everything has its season. So, so we're being honest about the season we're in. And then there's also this component of, as women, we tend to write lists. And to me, that's a very creative, intuitive process. Like it's a beautiful process because we're, we're really getting things out of our head and onto paper and writing it on a list. But the problem is, is that our brain thinks they're done, right? Because we've, we've gotten this idea, like, you know, you've had this idea, you want to write this letter, right? And your brain's like, here's the letter, like write it down. And so, and then if we don't do that, like we keep feeling behind because we, we have this big idea and the bigger your idea, the harder this is because you're the, the good news is, is it's probably yours to do. Um, you know, because your, your mind is thinking like, you know, you can only imagine what, what it is that you could probably do, even if you don't know all the steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love, so what we do is we write lists, but then lists don't anchor us in time. 
And so I think a lot of the overwhelm comes from looking at this list and feeling like it should really all be done yesterday, if not tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but definitely not putting it into real time. And once we start to put things into real time, it's almost like, like we've taken a deep breath. Like it's usually a really big relief to people because they're like, oh, all I have to do this week is those three things. You know, I don't have to do the, all the hundred, like those do happen over time. And I can see how this can be finished and it actually doesn't take all my time. And Mm -hmm. so I still do have time to be, you know, with the kids and all, all the things. So, so that's a, a big, a big differentiator. And then the last one is that the other thing about time that I think we do in our brains, and I think a lot of it's to do with talking so often about work-life balance um, and just how time's always been depicted to us is I think a lot of times when we're talking work-life balance, we're, we're thinking timelines. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if I, if I work eight out, you know, eight hour days, then in order to be a good mother, I have to work, I have to be a be with them for eight hours. And then I have to get eight hours of sleep. Like they're, they're just, if you go that model, there's not, there literally isn't enough time in the day. Right. So I like to think of it more like a, a scale and I know we're not doing videos. I'm like moving my hands, but yeah, you know, yeah. like the old fashioned kind of scale. Um, yes. and you know, a work day might look like we get it more efficient than this, but when you're first starting to like time management, a work day might look like a big, plastic hollow ball, right? So it looks really big. It takes up a lot of space, but actually it doesn't have that much weight in it mm-hmm. versus, and then like, I, I think I used the example already of meditation. Like that might be like a little gold nugget that like balances out the work day, but it doesn't take eight hours. It takes right. me 15 minutes. And so when we start to really get conscious about the things that are balancing out all the parts, um, and re- you know, before we even try to make time more efficient, um, we can start to come into balance really quickly. And then we start making better choices. And then like that big hollow block that's work can become, you know, smaller and, and more golden, I guess. so, (laughs) So you make sure that you're touching each part of your beingness in your life. Yes. Yes. Whether not necessarily in equal parts, but enough for whatever it is to work, to give you that balance and that calm and that stresslessness that you need to yeah. keep going. Yeah. And to exactly. yeah, see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Wow. There's a lot of stuff there. And I think just from what I'm experiencing lately with my daughter and parenting and the stress she's going through and what I'm seeing happen, there's a lot of people out there that could use this kind of help to, to realize number one, that they're not alone. And number yes. two, right. That um, there are ways to make it better and you just have to take it bit by bit. Yeah. So before we go, I just like to ask you one kind of unrelated question. Um, <laughs> but it's my favorite question to ask my guests and, and I, curiosity is my favorite word. And I would just like to know two parts. One, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? And part two, what are you most curious about these days? Yeah. So I think it's innate. I think we lose it at some point, yeah. some of us, but I think if you look at any child, yeah, I mean, they're just full of curiosity. So if we're all born that way, <laughs> I think it's innate. Okay. Um, and I think it's an important one to come back, like to, to get back if we've lost it. 
Um, for sure. I mean, it's, it's one of the, the, I think the tricks to following through on your goals is to get curious about things. Cause it does, it, it is one of those, it's one of those traits that does shift overwhelm to calm is just getting curious about whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so what am I most curious about right now? I think I am most curious. Well, I'm curious actually about, um, the next phase of a bunch of things. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I have one going off to college, yes. um, which feels big yes, and I can see, you know, they're, they're, they're all close in age. So I can see that ending mm -hmm. and, and we're in a big stage of growth in our company. And I just, I'm just curious about, I'm curious about what's next. Like, I feel like, you know, we're at this, at this place where there's like this, this portal of possibility opening up in some way. It feels, it feels big. And I'm just trying to stay actually in that energy of curiosity so that I don't go into overwhelm because I know I make much better choices from that, that's that energy. Great. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That, and you are in for a big change. I know. Um, I don't know if your, um, kids, um, were involved in like sports or drama or music or anything, but for us, we had, um, when our, my daughters are 10 years apart, I had like two only children, but my, when my second daughter um, <clears throat> was leaving, she, and she had been an athlete, a multi-sport athlete. And we were, our social life was all of these games. Yes. <laughs> and when it's gone, it's like a big hole. It's a different, yes. you know, it's just so weird. So there's all of those things that we don't realize until they happen, but it's always, you know, it's the next phase and it's going to be wonderful too. So yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. There's, there's excitement. If I think about it too long, I cry, but you know, yeah, it's, all yeah. Yeah, it's all good. So um, last thing, what piece of advice or what business um, gem would you like to leave with my audience and, um, and where can we reach you? Business gem, like a resource? No, like a oh, well, it could be a, a resource. It could be just a tip. It could be what, you know, you want to leave people with. So, so flow, which we, we didn't go into all the pieces. So I feel like we touched on food. We touched on lifestyle, which would be the parenting piece. We touched on work, but the O in it stands okay. for all stands for OM. And oh. that's the pause. That's the quiet. And I think that's, that's my tip. My tip is to just always making sure that you're making that time to pause before you start your day. You know, if you have a hard conversation, if you're not sure what to write in the next email, like just trust that quiet might be a good thing. Um, that's the thing that's, I think has served me the best. Yeah, that's great advice actually. And where can my audience find you? Yeah. So our website is yeah. um, plansimple.com. And we have a course there actually that's free. That's called from overwhelmed to ease. Um, and it, it, in the end teaches our, our, our practice, some of which I shared some of the yes. whys behind it today for planning your day. Um, but it really goes through um, how to navigate overwhelm as a feeling and why, why one might want ease. Cause I know that some of us are kind of addicted to overwhelm and ease actually <laughs> doesn't even sound that great. So it starts there. <laughs> um, and then gets into the practice of the day. Um, I'm also on Instagram at plansimple.co. And as you know, I'm not so great on LinkedIn, but I yeah, am it's there. All good. It's all good. Yeah. I found um, but I'm not so good at navigating there. So we might need to do a little, you know, talk about yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've already seen where I'm going to put some time in to update my, <laughs> my LinkedIn personally. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to know you. Thank you. Me too. It's been a delight. And I really appreciate the time and the, the wisdom that you spent uh, with us. And uh, I will put the, um, the information in the show notes and people can reach out there. So awesome. thank you again for being a guest on Relationships Rule. And to my audience, thank you for being here. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and check out Mia's website and um, leave a review if you like what you heard. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.